amen and amen and amen. Hey, you can sit down if you can. Hallelujah. I'm talking this morning about commanding power. We're living in a critical hour and it's a pivotal uh, point for the church. The church is standing at the threshold of just doing church as church has been done or we can press forward with the power of God and see all the promises of God take place in our lives. You know, we got to thank God for the men and women that God has raised up from the early church to this present hour. You know, but they didn't accomplish what they accomplished in their own strength. They accomplished it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the great works of Paul and Peter and the others, uh, others in the Bible. And then the first and second century happened to be one I know I studied about, Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna. In the 21st century, you know, we have people like like John Alexander Dowie and Smith Wigglesworth and A.B. Simpson and, and Amy Semple McPherson and Oral Roberts, Gordon Lindsay, my dad, Kenneth Hagin. Without the power of the Holy Spirit operating, these preachers would not have been anything. Without Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul would just been a great scholar. Without the power of Jesus Christ, Peter would have been a good fisherman, maybe even a good outlaw, because he, he, he seemed to be from the other side of the tracks. He was a rough guy. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same today as he was yesterday. He is the same today. And he'll be the same forever. The same Jesus of the Bible is alive and well. And he's still doing the same things. It's time to fan the flames of revival. And let the power of God begin demonstration in our midst. It's time to get back with the moving of the gifts of the Spirit. In this day and age, too many people in the church and too many churches have try, are trying to relegate the moving of the Holy Spirit to the back room or somewhere else, but they're not letting it happen in the main church auditorium. They say, we don't want to, we don't want to offend people. The apostle Paul said in his writings, it was the moving and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that would draw people. You know, if you want to get a crowd, you let the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate where people are being healed and miracles are taking place and you'll be in the journey of spirits and the word of knowledge is going forth. You'll begin to see the crowd come. People say, why? Are they not the greater works? Why aren't they happening today? It's because that we are not using the commanding power of the Holy Spirit in our services. You have to get involved. I have to get involved. We all have to get involved to have the Holy Spirit moving. I can come on fire, but if you are sitting out there like a wet blanket, nothing is going to happen. 
Satan has blinded our eyes with religious tradition until uh, we're just sitting down and more or less being selfish and enjoying the things of God when that is great and that is good and it is right for us to do that. But the real reason we have the power of God is to demonstrate the power of God to a world that's lost and dying. I want you to notice when Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus, he didn't call for a 24-hour prayer meeting. He didn't call for a fast. He commanded Lazarus to come forth. John 11, John chapter 11, John chapter 11, verse number 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and now that, and know that you always hear me. But because the, the, the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I want you to notice when you, he did a prayer first and then he commanded. When you rise from your prayer room, when you come out of your prayer closet, you have to believe that Jesus heard you and then began to command some things to begin to take place. <clears throat> Peter in Acts chapter three, Peter and John going through that gate called beautiful there was a lame man sitting there. He had probably been sitting there before when Peter and John had went through there with Jesus even. But this time, Peter looked down at him and he said, man, I don't have any money to give you, but I such as I have. What I have, I'm gonna give unto you. I want you to notice that Peter and John didn't start a prayer meeting. They didn't call the other disciples to come and pray. They didn't call for the, for the church to come down there and pray for the man. Peter reached his hand down toward that man and he said, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. That's not a request. That's a command. I want you to notice that commanding power is at the disposal of every spirit-filled, blood-bought Christian and it should be our responsibility to take the commanding power of God to the world that we live in. I'm going back to my old evangelistic style preaching. I let, I let Marvin and Tad and Bill do the teaching. I'm gonna preach. It's time that we reach out with the name of Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit and commend, begin to command things to happen in our own lives and things to happen, command things to happen in the lives of those that we come in contact with you with. Commanding power of the Holy Spirit. See, commanding is different than confession. Confession is there, we need that, but commanding is different. When I was in the U.S. Army, I got through a basic training. I went to signal school down at Fort Gordon, Georgia. 
And at signal school, you got recruits coming in there. You got, you got sergeants coming in. You got PFCs and corporals and different ones all coming to go to signal school. <clears throat> I'm sitting there in the barracks talking to a buddy. Actually, I just met him. We, we, and I, the, the, the sergeant walked by. E6 sergeant walked by. And uh, he stopped and turned around and he said, Hey, Tex. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I thought you was from Texas, the way you talk. He said, uh, I come down here to go to signal school just like you guys, but they, I, they, I, I'm over this platoon. And he said, hey, here. And he threw me some corporal stripes that you could snap on. And I was, I, at that time, I just slick sleeve private. And I snapped him on. He said, get your junk, get upstairs in the cadet room. You, you, you're the squad leader for the first squad here. Boy, I, I, I knew what that meant because I got corporal stripes. That meant I wasn't going to serve no KP. I wasn't going to serve no guard duty. <laughs> but it also meant that when I snapped those on, I had a responsibility and a commitment came with it. The responsibility that I had for those guys and the commitment to make it happen. I want you to notice that if the sergeant or the lieutenant came down and said, hey, I want you guys to do such and such, I didn't go down there and say, hey, guys, listen, I need y'all to do me a favor. I need you to get your boots on and get the fatigues on, and we got to go out here, and we got to do such and such. I didn't do that. I went down there, and I said, get your boots on, get your fatigues on, and Meet me outside now. How many military people that got in here know what I'm talking about? You don't request them to do it. You command them to do it. That's what we've got to do with the enemy that comes against us. We don't request. We command. Now, just like in any, any army... In the army of the Lord, there's privates, there's generals, and there's different divisions. But we all have to learn where our place is in the body, and we all have to begin to take charge and command. I don't have the right to go into your home and command that things begin to start happening. I have a right to agree with you if you will command it to be done. You know, I never had a sergeant or a lieutenant or a colonel, general, admiral, because I, when I worked comm center there in Taiwan, I was right down the hall from a two-star, a two-star general and a, and a three-star admiral. And uh, I never had any one of them ever come up to me and say, uh, Specialist Hagen, would you please uh, take this, this message and go encode it and send it to the proper authorities. If they had, I thought it was crazy. They came up to me and they said, they said, Specialist Hagen, take this message and make sure that it gets to the proper people at the proper time now. There ain't no request there. That's an order of command. A command is an order. You see, 
I want you to begin to understand something. Although we have different ranks, I want you to understand that even the individual that feels like they're the little toenail on the little toe in the body of Christ still has the same commanding power of the Holy Spirit as the arm or the leg or any other part of the body. They have it. Satan has blinded our eyes to our right to command and God is waiting on us. People always say, I'm waiting on God. No, God's not. Uh, No, you're not. You're not waiting on God because God has already done everything he's going to do about us having victory, about us having power. So it's up to us to begin to command something to happen. I think I used this illustration last week, but I want to, my dad one time, or maybe I, I don't, I speak so much anymore teaching in school. I don't know what I've talked where, but I remember one time dad was having one of his visitations from the whole, from the Lord himself, Jesus Christ. And the, uh, Jesus Christ was talking to him about how to do certain thing. And this little, um, monkey imp like creature came and jumped up between them and started waving his hands like doing jack, jumping jacks and going yak 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 and just put out some kind of black cloud and 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 dad could hear jesus voice he couldn't see him and the guy's making so, this thing making so much racket that he couldn't hear what jesus was saying but jesus was saying something and so dad was waiting for Jesus to do something. And finally, he got upset himself. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And the thing fell down on the floor and ran out of the church where he was, had this happen. And uh, Jesus said to him, if you hadn't have done something about that, I couldn't. We say we're waiting on the Lord. He he has already done something about it. He's given us the power. He's given us the power. Jesus paid the price. And we have the power in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. We can use it for ourselves. But we don't need to be selfish with it. We need to be unselfish. We have received this power so we can go out and set people free that are bound by the chains of sin and sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 10, 8 says, Matthew 10, 8, turn there. He told them, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I get a little disgusted sometimes at some of these people on the Christian television talking about, well, have you given before they'll pray for them and said, if you'll give, the Lord will heal you. You don't have to give a dime for the Lord to heal you. I get tired of people trying to connect money with some of the things that God has said in the word that belong to us free. Now, I'm not against prosperity because God said that he would bless us. He said he would bless us. 
if we do certain things, but not, that's, that's not, he took stripes on his back for our healing. We don't have to, well, I better get off of that. God wants us to take our faith and go out and use it and begin to command souls into the kingdom of God. Look at Luke 10, 19. Look at Luke 10, 19. Anybody getting anything out of this? Luke 10, 19. Looks like they got it on the front row. I'll go. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be any means hurt you. Where the word you is, you could insert your name. See, I want, I want you to, re, let's read this out loud with me, but put your name where it says you. All right, you ready? Read it with me now. I give you the authority. I give Kenneth Hagin the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt Kenneth Hagin. Did you put your name in there? Hey, that's you. That's what's being given to you. Authority there. Authority means you have the power of attorney. That's what that is. You have the authority to use the power of God at your disposal. John 14, 14. If you ask anything, in my name. Anything in my name. I will do it. God has given us an invitation into one of the greatest dimensions of life that we could ever know and enjoy by the use of the name that Paul said, every knee shall bow and everything in heaven and in earth and under earth has to bow to it. You said, it said ask here in this, word, in this scripture. If you ask anything in my name, that word ask could easily be transma- translated demand. Here we are right back to the concept of commanding. I want you to understand that when you begin to command by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, according to the way God sees it, it's the same thing as Jesus himself asking it. See, we don't think that way. But you see, Jesus said, all power has been given unto me. And it's imperative that I go away so that I can send you the power of God back. Didn't he, isn't that what he said? 
And so he sent the power of God back to the earth through the Holy Spirit. And he says, I give the power that has been given to me. I give it to you. And now we have the right to command, demand in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that things begin to happen in our lives, in the lives of other people. It's up to us if the power of God moves. It's not up to anybody but you, yourself. If we have the power of God moving in this place, in this church, or any church, it's up to the congregation and the pastoral staff to make it happen. We can't do it by ourselves, but together we can command and demand that the power of God be in operation in our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to notice when the 10 lepers came to Jesus, he commanded them, go show yourself to the priests. He didn't even pray over them. He said, go show yourself to the priest because see, it was the priest that had to pronounce them clean. He commanded, go. Go do something is not a request. It's a command. Every one of you that have children have told him, go take out the trash. Is that a, was that a request? That was a command. Now we, as kids, we tried to get away with it if we could. Okay, Mom. Come on now. Kent, go take out the trash. Okay, Mom. I'll go and do it, Mom. All of a sudden, Kenneth Wayne, and I didn't even wait for Hagen. <laughs> By the time she got Hagen out of her mouth, I already had that trash out of the kitchen and was headed to the bathroom to get the trash in the bathroom. Because now I know that she means business. So many times when we are dealing with situations and things in our lives, we sort of treat it like that. The devil has to know that you mean business and that happens when you get an authority in your voice and begin to command it. How many military people I got here? There's retired Colonel Morin over there. Flew the F-16s. When you give a command to a squadron, was it in a normal tone of voice or did you raise your voice and put some oomph behind it? Huh? Raise your voice. There's Greg over there. Greg Finley. He's a Marine. You can tell it by looking at his hair. <laughs> he was sergeant. When you gave a command to your troops, was it in a normal tone of voice or did you raise your voice and let them know that what you were talking about was a command and had some authority? Raise the voice. Raise the voice. 
Hey, the devil will keep just doing what he's doing like you did when mama said, take out the trash until she got some authority in her voice. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get some authority in your voice and begin to command it. Not in your own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I want you to know, remember in the, they're going across the Sea of Galilee? Jesus said, let us go to the other side. I want you to notice that was a command. Let us go to the other side. He went back and laid down on a, and went to sleep because he expected to go to the other side. He had commanded it. But a storm arose and the disciples got all upset and they said, Jesus, Jesus, wake up. We're about to drown. He got up. And he might have been a little irritated for getting woke up. I don't know. But he got up and he said, peace be still. And the sea quieted right down. Craig was about two and a half years old. And he came out of his Sunday, I mean, out of his you know, the children's church and the Sunday school or whatever, where he was back there. And he had this picture of a man standing on a boat and he had colored it and you know how they do. I mean, it was just scribbled all over. And uh, what'd you learn in Sunday school or church today, son? The water was mean and Jesus told it to be good. (laughs) Hey, we need to learn how to open our, bo- our mouth and with authority tell the devil where to get off. Desist in your operation. I want you to notice when he drove the money changers out, he, say, he, didn't, he didn't say, okay, now guys, we can't have this in here. Y'all gonna have to get out. The Bible says he picked up a whip and told him, get out of my father's house. I don't think that he did that in a real simple voice. When you tell somebody to get, I don't think you do it in a real voice that was that, okay, y'all get out of here now. All through the Gospels, we see that Jesus gave commands. When you deal with the devil and the demons and evil spirits, you must command. If you don't, they'll run over you. In the name of Jesus, you've got to know who you are and then demand your rights. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? They're going to try to cast the devil out of the person in the, in, in, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And remember the devil says, Paul I know, or Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Hey, that world knows you. If you are full of the power of the Holy Spirit, the demon world knows who you are and they are afraid of you when you stand up and begin to demand your rights in Christ Jesus. They're about like 
like your dog, you know. I can tell my dogs, okay, Lucky Maggie, come on, don't. Go on. And I can, or I can say, like today, they wasn't doing what they're supposed to do. And I said, come on, come on, come on. Nothing's happening. And I, I saw to stomp my foot. I said, Lucky Maggie, get in here. Boy, man, they come right in the door. Boom. Why? Because all of a sudden, they recognize the command with authority. You can, if you don't command with authority, your command might as well not left your lips. You got to command with authority. Lester Summerall used to say, the devil's deaf and you got to get his attention. I know the old farmer, this is a story that happened long ago when, when he was using mules to pull his plow with and he, he picked up a, a branch and hit the mule up beside the head with the branch. He'd get it, he'd get it in manual abuse now, I guess. And somebody said, what do you know? I said, he's so hard-headed, you have to get his attention first. The devil is so deaf, you got to hit him up the side of the head with your words of command before he ever understands that he has to get up and get out. Pack up his suitcase and get out. See, once you learn how to use the gift of the Spirit properly, once you learn how to command with the power of God, the devil has to get out and desist in his operation. Anybody getting anything? It's time for you. It's time for the church to stand up and begin to start using the gifts of the Spirit and the working and the power of the Holy Spirit. See, get on your knees and make a commitment to God and pray and then stand up and begin to command. Remember at, the, at Lazarus' tomb, Jesus said, Lord, I know you hear me, and so forth and so on. And then that was the prayer, but then he commanded, come forth. Let me tell you something. First, start commanding in your own life. And then take it to others. God sent the Holy Spirit for one reason. And that's after we've heard the, the, the gospel. Then in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we began to command the word, what the word of God said to begin to take place in our lives. It's not what we want or think. It's what the word of God said. The word of God says that, that we are healed. Doesn't say we're going to be, want to be, should be. He said we are. The word of God says that all our needs are met according to his riches and glory. Begin to command. The devil take his hand off of your finances. Begin to demand that the, the ministering spirits go and cause the finances to come. Hey, that's the Bible. The word of God tells me to speak with authority and command and expect it to happen. 
I was born September the 3rd, 1939. I remember when the healing revival started. Right after the mid-40s, right after the war was over, and Wigglesworth died, and Amy Simple McPherson died, and Charles Price died. They were the leaders. And the older people began to say, what are we going to do now? And the younger people began to pray. My dad was one of them. And Gordon formed an organization called the Voice of Healing. And I list, I knew those guys. I knew Jack Coe. I knew all, all of them, if you want to name. <laughs> Velma Gardner, Gordon, uh, Gordon Lindsay, uh, Jack Coe, uh, William Branham. Uh, I mean, you name them. I know them. I've been there. I was in, I, was in, I, I mean, that healing revival took place from about 47 to 58. I graduated from high school in 58. So I was there during those years. I was in their meetings. I was in dad's meetings. And I know that each one of them seemed to have, through the moving of the Holy Spirit, seemed to have a something. Uh, each one had just, a, they all had a healing ministry and so forth, but each one had a little bit different. I know dad had dealt more with insane people and, pe- and had more success with people who had crows and cancer. So, you know, the like warts and hernias and lumps. Man, I've seen him. De- I, he didn't pray for them. He, you know, back in that day, they sat on the, he, he sat in a chair on the stage and the people walked by. And he, I mean, it, I saw it with my own eyes. Somebody come up with a big old lump right here, a growth of some kind. He just said, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. That thing go, choom, gone. Just go down like you stuck a pin in it. And it like let air out of a balloon. He didn't pray, he commanded. That's why you hear me many times, and I guess I picked it up from him, but am I going down in the healing line? I, I just say, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. That's a command. See, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm commanding what belongs to us. Healing belongs to us, and I command, be healed. That's a command. Be, have it done. In the name of Jesus, he would say, I command all gross to die. And gross would dry up and disappear. Hey, God has given through Jesus Christ all power and all authority to Jesus. And Jesus turned around and gave that power and that authority through the Holy Spirit back to us. And it's up to us whether Satan rules and reigns or whether we rule and reign. It's time for us to make a commitment to God and then rise up and to begin to command in the name of Jesus, I command it to happen. It's up to us for a revival to come. It's up to each one of you for a revival to come. 
It's not up to a preacher to start revival. It's for up to you to start revival in your own heart, in your own place, in your own home. And that revival was spread until it was spread all over the world. This is the end time. And I am coming soon, says the Lord. But it's up to my church to rise up and take command with the power that I have given them and begin to demonstrate the power of God throughout the world because I'm coming and I'm coming soon. So rise up right now and begin to command and demand your right and your privilege and you will see that your life will change and those around you will change and the power of God will be in demonstration what you've been looking for, what you've been longing for and what I've been longing to give you will come into existence if you will rise up in the name of Jesus and begin to command it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It will happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody stand and praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think you know that last part wasn't in the sermon. That was, the whole, that was a prophecy coming from the Holy Spirit. Coming from the throne on high telling us to rise up and take our authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Power of the Holy Spirit's in this place right now. Begin to demand some things that you need in your life. Some things you need in your life, begin to command them right now in the name of Jesus. Speak to them by the power of God. You that are watching on the internet, hey, you can do the same thing. Isn't that what he just told us? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. You got something? You got something? All right. Hallelujah. Because the very same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive. Because the very same power that overcame the grave really lives in me. And now I am
binding me. Command them to be break loose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bow your heads for just a moment, please. If you happen to be in this place today and you can't rejoice as we rejoice just then because we've been set free by the power of God. I want you to know Jesus so you can rejoice. If you happen to be here and you know what it is to rejoice in the power of God. But you know you're just not where you need to be and you need to rededicate your life to God. Or you might be like a lot of people I run into, they go to church and they don't know whether they've ever given their life to Christ or not. Well, you can know when you, after you leave here. Anybody on any one of those three invitations, let me see your hand right now. Anybody, anybody in here. You need Jesus. You need to rededicate your life. You need a no-so experience with God. Is there anybody? There's a hand here. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. You can put it down. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Another hand over here. Thank you. Thank you. Is there others that will raise their hand? Thank you. You know, when I was talking about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4, it said they were all filled with the Spirit. They began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You say, I know Jesus, but I've never been filled with the Spirit according to the Bible, what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4. And I want to receive that biblical experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Anybody in the room? Raise your hand. Anybody? Hallelujah, there are there's some hands. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, I'm going down front right here. And if you raised your hand, should have raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand on any invitation, I want you to step out now, come down here, I want to shake hands with you, and I want to pray with you, like I said. Come on, right now. Come on. Hallelujah, come as you are, come on. Come on right here, and just stand right here for a minute. Oh, we may just stand right here and face me. Stand right here and face me. Hallelujah. Wait for some more people to come. Come on. Come on. If you want to come, come on. And even though you didn't even raise your hand, come on. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Hallelujah. God bless you. Anybody else want to come and join these? Come on right now. Come on right now. Come on right now. Hallelujah. God bless you, man. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hey, if you're there and you want to come, you don't want to walk by yourself, ask one of the people around you. They'll come down here with you. In fact, ask the people around you. Hey, you need to go down there. I'll go with you. Come on. This is the time to get the power of God in your lives. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to come? Come on now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, all of you that come down here, you come to receive a spiritual blessing. Salvation, rededication, know some experience, blessed in filling the Holy Spirit. I got in my hand a book called New Birth, one called In Him, talks about being in Christ, what our privileges are, one white tongues, talks about being filled with the Spirit. If I hold those out there like that and I say, I'm going to give them to you, somebody show me what you got to do to get them. You got to reach out and grab them. They're yours. Hey, all the rest of you are going to get those same books in just a minute. I did that as an exercise. I can give you a book. But I can't give you the spiritual experience that you come to receive 
It comes from heaven on high. Just as she walked out and reached her hand out, I want you to reach one hand toward heaven. I don't care which one it is. Just one of them. Congregation, reach your hands as I pray. You pray there. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one of these that have come today. I thank you that every spiritual blessing in their life will be met today. Salvation, rededication, no-so experience, blessed infilling of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand down and look at me for just a moment. I want you to go where you can get those books, okay? And uh, be prayed with individually and in depth. Make sure you got what you come down here for. The place where you're going now, if you happen to be, come to get your life turned back on to God or on to God for the first time, it becomes a classroom on Sunday morning, the uh, same place where you're going. We call it a prayer room now, but on Sunday and it's called Turning Point. You say, well, what in the world is that? Well, it's just a place for a few lessons. Get your life turned on to God or back on to God. That's all it is. like see you in there next Sunday at 9 at uh, nine o'clock. Would you just turn and see Brother Greg right there? He's in charge of the prayer room. Just follow him to that place of prayer right now. Just go ahead and go follow him to that place of prayer. Give my hand as they go. Hallelujah. Thank God. That's what it's all about right there. Hallelujah. I can preach about the commanding power of God and we can get all excited about it. But until you begin to use it and do something with it, nothing will happen. We just get excited and go home. All right. Hey, remember, you have authority. The Bible says so. Every child of God has authority and we have a right to demand and command. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hey, don't forget all the announcements that have been made tonight, six o'clock, be right here. Wednesday night, hour of power right here. Praise the Lord. Read all the announcements. Hey, connection team, would you please go find those first time guests? Nobody else moving unless you absolutely have to, please. Find our first time guests and take them to the connection room where they can uh, get that special gift that we've prepared for them. On the staff you can go to the doors on the screen you'll see where each one I, I'm, I, each pastor I sign them a door to shake hands because we got four four lobbies in this building I'm going to be at the south one today if anybody wants to know where I'm going to be there's where they are you can read if you want to speak to any of them hallelujah to Jesus you first time guests thank you for being with us today if you're looking for a church home what do we say people Welcome home. Just come on and join us. Hey, tonight, 6 o'clock, Wednesday night, Hour of Power. Hey, don't forget, pick up tickets for the chili supper. We got to know how many people are coming and so we'll know how much chili to make, okay? So don't forget, go pick up tickets for the chili supper. God bless. Tonight at 6, Wednesday night, Hour of Power. Come on, let's declare our lives. Let's